you're just doing this to be nice. Like, you don't really care so about you my say that shit? Why don't you just say that shit? Why don't you just be like, you know, if somebody say hi, like, man, you don't mean that shit. Why are you saying hi to me? Do you really mean it? Why don't you just say it and just test it and see how it goes? Like, you should. I think I will test it one day. Just like... I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to go somewhere with you because I'm, 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 I'll do it. I'm going to go somewhere with you. And when somebody says hi, I'm going to grab by the elbow and be like, do you really mean that shit? Like, do you really, really mean yeah. hi? Or if they say, how's your day going? I'm going to say, do you really mean how's my day going? Do you really give a fuck about my day? And then I'm going to go into detail. I'm going to do that. And, and let's see what type of reaction they get. And if they react, you know, uh, if, if they pull back or something, then we know that they're fake. Yeah. And I'm going to do the same thing in New York. You know, I'm going to actually walk past somebody. And when they don't walk past me, I'm going to say, why the fuck you don't say hi? We both human beings. Don't you want to know how I'm doing? I want to know how you doing. Hi. And we'll put it to the test and see how it goes. Yeah, I want to see what they're going to say. Yeah, I want to see what they're going to say. It depends on the person. Welcome to another episode of Three Black Guys on a Couch. Ain't three black guys on a couch. It's just me and Michelle. Michelle is autistic and she's black. Her name is Michelle Marks. She is a social and cultural analyst writer. She's also neurodivergent, a neurodivergent cultural critic. Her research focuses on race, gender, sexuality, and social and cultural analysis. Michelle, it is an honor to have you here on Three Black Guys on the Couch. Welcome. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. So, um, you know what? Let's just get straight to it. Okay. You're autistic. I am. Let's uh, talk about that. When were you first diagnosed? Uh, I was only first diagnosed last year. Okay. Um, but I would say that it was like a long journey uh, because... My whole life, I've had mental health issues. Um, I started going to therapy at 14, okay. which I know is super uncommon for a black person. People, I know black people are just starting to go to therapy now. I've been, so, yeah, I've been going for a long time. Um, and it was clear at that age, like I did have depression. So I dealt with that diagnosis. And then, you know, at 21, I was diagnosed with ADHD. And I was, that one was harder for me to accept as like an overachieving student. But I realized I had been hiding that one for a long time, um, appearing to have it all together, appearing to be like this really um, just like put together, super academic person that like was organized like my parents and, you know, knew when to pay bills on time and all that. <laughs> no. So I was, you know, I was faking that for a long time. And then. Wait a minute, stop. Your parents paid bills on time. Oh yeah, my parents paid bills on time. Oh shit. Yeah, but they worked in finance. Uh, okay. Like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. you know, like they were doing best. Yeah, they are good with money, so yeah. yeah. So, um, and then it was really it took moving here, where I changed my whole everything I've ever done in my life. I've changed to move here because I used to live in New York my entire life, um, and that is when I discovered as autistic because. If you know about autism, one of the main, main things or a major aspect of it is like difficulty with change. So, for example, like I eat the same breakfast every day for the last 10 years. Which is? Oatmeal. Um, I've added the cacao nibs in the last like, so that was okay. okay. Look at the variety. Dangerous. Okay. But like okay. almond butter and honey. And like, I have to eat that every day. If I don't eat it, I feel like extremely unsettled and frazzled. Okay, so let's back up. You got diagnosed at 21. No, I got diagnosed with autism at 31. At 31, I'm sorry, at 31. 31 yeah. Thank you for correcting me. So prior to that, when you were in, in your teens, 
Did you know something was amiss? Did you have repetitive habits even then? Did you eat the same breakfast? Did you have the same, you know, morning habits, evening habits and whatnot? So, yes, I definitely. So like my whole life and I have like mad journals from like sixth grade to 12th grade because I was that person Um, my whole life. I definitely realized something is different about me than other people. And I just didn't know what it was. Um, I always had difficulty socializing, um, connecting with other people in that were my age. Um, Preferred to do a lot of stuff alone, like reading, like. For me, like if I just read a book at home by myself, like that was enough for me. I didn't seek or feel like I needed to socialize really. Um, and the stuff that other girls wanted to talk about, like on the playground, I was like, I don't give a fuck about this really. So where'd you grow up? I grew up on Long Island in a really like 98% white neighborhood. Okay. So that was also part of the challenge too. Like there was a cultural difference. And then also I felt trouble like connecting with other people my age because they weren't they didn't think like me they didn't they weren't interested by the same things as me okay so um, two things i want to touch on with that because just growing up as a normal teenager period is a difficult thing yeah difficult within itself right my daughter (laughs) goes through teenage angst and so being a teenager being autistic but not knowing you're autistic and then growing up as a black child yeah. in a neighborhood that's 98% white. I mean, yo, what was that even fucking like? I mean, what the- it was really tough. Like, I wouldn't like I feel like there's some people who would like relive high school and middle school. I would absolutely never relive middle school or high school. It was like some of the worst years of my life. Um, I... Yeah, and look, growing up as a teenager, it is hard. It is weird. Like, there's all these ups and downs, but there was just this pattern for me of, like, getting some friends and then slowly losing them and then getting some friends again and then slowly losing them. Um, It seemed like I was one of the few people that could, like, couldn't, like, keep friendships long. Um, And then on top of that, like, I felt like, I was dealing with really heavy feelings that other kids weren't dealing with. So like I would see other kids at school socializing, having a friend group. Like I remember I always being like, oh, I wish I had a group of friends because I could never maintain a group of friends. I could maybe maintain like one friend here or there, but like the group dynamic, I could never click with a group and stay in the group without being pushed out of one. Yeah. Um, And by like 14, I was telling, I started telling my dad, like, Hey, like I never feel good. And my dad's like, what do you mean by that? I was like, well, I see other kids and it appears like they're happy. And like, like, it seems like they're feeling something that I don't feel daily. Like I don't feel happiness or like the kind of like excitement for life that they have. Yeah. And that's when my dad started, took me to therapy. Um, on top of that, I had a lot of social anxiety too, like um, talking to people I don't know yeah. really hard. Uh, like, this is embarrassing, but now I don't care. But like, I had difficulty ordering pizza on the phone. Yeah. Um, talking to anyone on the phone that I don't know, even if it's like for routine things, I would just like freeze up and like couldn't speak. And my parents are Guyanese, so they're West Indian. 
And my mom would, and we always be like, just order the pizza. Like, just say this, just say this. And yeah, I just couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, so that was something too. Uh, and I always felt like too much. I was extremely picky eater, which I now know is an autistic trait. I couldn't have my foods touching. Uh, was there like a level of frustration with the people around you, like your family members with you, or were they understanding and patient? No, they were definitely more on the frustration side, I would say. Like, my dad, um, who I highly suspect is autistic as well, he was super understanding always. Um, my mom and, like, other family members, no. Uh I was, I feel like I was made to feel very difficult yeah. because I couldn't eat a lot of the food that was like Guyanese food, like certain foods I just could not eat. So I just looked like I was being difficult for no reason. But like the idea of eating certain foods would make me feel so sick and nauseous. Just like, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that there were some foods and now I know it's texture. That's really what it was. It was a texture of certain foods. So off putting to me. Um, and, that, and that's a symptom. And that is an autistic trait, yeah, it's having texture, yeah. a lot of, like texture sensitivities around food. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that was really what it was. And there were times where, you know, like black people, like, oh, you can't leave the table until you eat this food. Like, yes. I would yeah. be at that table for out like an that, hour. That I'm very, my, my parents, I'm, I'm from Jamaica and, and I, I know that well. I'd yeah. eat the table falling asleep on the food. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Like, there's no way, you know, like I just could not like I was just so repulsed by it. I couldn't do it. Um, and then, you know, there were other things, too. I was a highly inquisitive kid. I asked a lot of questions like I had insane amount of curiosity about life and like social things that I didn't understand. And, you know, in the traditional West Indian way, like you're not supposed to ask questions like you're no, not supposed to not at all so i'd often get are you writing a book like make it a mystery like that's what i <laughs> would always hit you with that and i just never understood like why is it a big deal that i want to know things my dad would entertain it because he you know we have a really strong bond yeah and he would explain things to me and he had a lot of patience for the questions i had but was, like was he the one that suggested taking you to therapy yeah he was yeah. he was the only one so you suspect probably obviously he's he generations ahead of you so what his parents couldn't do for him he did for you yeah i think i would say that he definitely has done that for me yeah, yeah. because he grew up without a dad yeah. like his dad like left him at like age eight his whole his whole family um and i know he was deeply impacted by that and i think he was like i'm not going to be that kind of dad yeah. Yeah. yeah so question here um you said 98 percent, you know or white did you have any black friends at all? Were there any black kids in the area in the school, the neighborhood? So there were a very small amount of black kids. Like in elementary school, it was like me, my brother, yeah, and like one other kid. <laughs> so that was elementary. Yeah, By yeah. middle school, there was like, let's say three other kids or something. I would say high school, it was feeling like 20 kids out of a thousand. So like yeah. And so those 20, those 20, like, um, you know, I went to Michigan State and Michigan State had, man, I don't know, shit, like 45, 50,000 students. Most of them was all white, and there was maybe you know a couple thousand black kids. So obviously, all the black kids grouped together. They had yeah. the black caucus, black party, everything was black, black. So you and you gravitated towards all that. Was it the same in your school? Like, did the twenty black kids group up together, or did they try to, for lack of a better word, assimilate or fit in and you know go to other factions that weren't? You know? So they definitely did grow group up together. Um, I think I was at a bit of a disadvantage because I feel like so there were several middle schools that fed into one high school. Yeah. So I feel like 
the black kids were more populated at the other high school at, at the other middle school so by the time they came into high school they like knew each other already like but even if they didn't know each other and this is also looking back how i know is autistic because i would pick like one thing about autism is a lot of pattern recognition and like i'm like more of an observer than like a participator like i like observing people interacting but like i don't feel like the strong pull to go into the interaction with people and socialize at yeah. times, especially if I don't know them. Yeah. But I'm fascinated by like how people act and behave. Yeah. Probably because I don't fucking know why. <laughs> yeah, I really don't. So I was yeah. like, oh, I need to study to see. Yeah. So one thing I thought was so crazy as a kid, I was like, yo, like, even though these black people, some of them didn't know each other, but like, it's like they just like clicked just immediately just from being black and yeah. they and i didn't experience that yeah. like they saw me and they were like oh she's not black so that was really painful for me growing up because i was like okay like they are authentic black people i'm like not a real black person i had to like wrestle with that for a long time on top of my social differences and communication differences already yeah that's i mean Michelle, those are those. There's so many fucking layers and yeah, so many things going on. Yeah. If you're a different black kid, if you're a different alternative black kid, you gonna catch heat from the cliche street black kids or the black black kids. So, <clears throat> why do you think they felt that like you weren't black because of, of 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 your autism and because you know you laid back and would observe and you didn't do quote unquote traditional black things. Yes, all of those things. I think, one, I was more introverted, so yeah. I think it's really easy to form narratives about people when they're introverted because there's a societal expectation that, like, hey, we're all Black. I should be, like, going out of my way to seek your friendship. Yeah, yeah. But I was also, like, a super socially anxious kid. Um, not for no reason. Like, a lot of social interactions went really badly. So, like, I would get triggered by that and really anxious about it. Um, and so I feel like that was one reason. So like, because I was really introverted, they, they thought, I thought I was better than them, which was not ever the case. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, my parents did do well financially. They worked in finance. I had nice clothes. I like had nice things. Um, and then I also like am an extremely picky person because I'm autistic. So like, you know, like I have to eat a certain food and wear certain things like. So you, your parents having money and all that, that automatically yeah. made you like white girl traits. Yeah. So they just like made a lot of assumptions about me. And I just felt like as the years went by, I couldn't, like there was nothing I could do to like alter that. And it was like amazing when at the end of senior year, this one black girl started talking to me and she was just like shocked that we liked the same music. And I was like, well, you've never spoken to me. You know nothing about me, but you assumed all these things about me yeah. just from appearances only. Yeah. So it was really, it was really, really challenging and painful. Um, and it made me anxious in any space when I like would interact with new black people because I just knew like the way I spoke, the way I act, like the things I'm interested in. And like autistic people have very intense special interests. Like that's one of the things like we're able to like hyper focus so much on things and we'll know like if it's our special interests we'll know a huge wealth of information about it yeah because we just are like we're very driven by knowledge yeah and knowledge acquisition so like what was your thing 
um i think like back then it was fashion yeah so like and that's one of the reasons why a lot of um autistic women are undiagnosed or they go undiagnosed for a long time like autism used to be thought as a boy only condition and that was false because doctors are men so they just were looking for boys um but i think because the special interests for women are often socially acceptable special interests so like we're not like obsessed with trains like how like the stereotypical autistic thing or like whatever like the solar system or dinosaurs like we'll be obsessed with like a celebrity like i knew usher's entire like biography i knew his birthday i knew everything that could be found on the internet about this person yeah and it was because i was uh, that was a special interest of mine so could we say like like um that swarm that new show with I have to watch this show, yes. I think she's autistic. Yes, so I've been able to watch this because they say that there is an autistic person on that show. Yeah. Um, Of course, they'll never say that because, like, so many shows have autistic characters that are coded. We say coded because they never say that they're autistic, but, like, they have all the traits, all of the um, aspects of their life seem like autism, but they're just the quirky person, right? Which is kind of like... A pro and a, it's it's actually I think more of a con actually because it makes people not realize what like just different portrayals of autism look like. Which you know it, it's interesting because you know we we have to attach this to the black experience. We have to because traditionally we're not afforded to we're not afforded the the, the space or the room to have the same issues that our white counterparts have. Yeah. Like, you know, niggas ain't, niggas ain't autistic. What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Niggas don't go to therapy. We don't, you know what I mean? So if you're somewhat different from the, from the group, just as a black kid and you're not autistic, obviously you're going to be alienated. So I can't even imagine or envision what you went through. And for you to say like the high school, junior high, all this shit, I don't, I don't give a fuck about none of it. I don't want to relive none of it. It was just not a good experience. It's like mind blowing to me because we can, as a community, be really, really unfair and mean and alienate someone that we view as different because we're like, yo, you're supposed to be over here with us. Fuck is you doing over there? You know, you know what you care about fashion or usher birthday for? You yeah. Know I mean? you know, come over here and do this shit with us, you know? So yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah, and like also like, you know, the stuff that I wore and all these things, I feel like it didn't align with black experience. Yeah. Um and then I also was like a super thin black girl too. This is a lot, you know, like I didn't look like anyone on BET. I used to watch BET because like I'm black too and I want to know what's up. <laughs> I, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all I can see is just like, I'm so like, I can't see myself on BET. Like I'm not there. Yeah. So it just like reaffirmed actually for me that I was like super different than other people. Um, and black people can be real harsh. Yo, we roast people to death, Ooh. cut people's ass crazy. Yes. Um, yes. And I felt that like, you know, I had black people being like asking my friend like, oh, do you have any black friends? And they would say me. And they're like, who, Michelle? She's not black. Well, that's not a black person. Like just really harsh shit. Shame, shamefully, I, I've done that. Yeah. Know, I've done that. Like, man, I'm up for corn. He ain't black. He play volleyball. Niggas don't play volleyball. You yeah. know, uh, we're putting this label on what we do and what we don't do. And, you know, we, we talked about that off camera. I think that, you know, obviously th- from the trauma that we dealt with, that systemic that's, you know, traveled out hundreds of years down on to 2023, we latch on to the bottom. 
you know, from the soul food to hip hop being born out of, you know, our cultural struggle to what real niggas at. We we're still latching on to the bottom and we use that as a a badge of honor. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm from, I'm from the hood, nigga. What? What are you talking about? I think mean, I grew up in Beverly Hills. I grew up, I grew up in, you know, in, in Chicago or in Detroit, which, you know, listen, for a time, for a time, I think it was useful because it was something that we could use to propel us, even though it was a negative, a source of energy. Yeah. Fuel, uh, a source of fuel. It did its job, but it's time to let that go, right? And, and just evolve. And for some reason, we all are having a hard time letting it go. Uh, question. So, did you date in school? Did you date in high school? Did you go to prom? Did you? you know? I didn't date anyone in high school. Yeah. Um, I definitely like liked a guy in high school, yeah. but like that was never gonna happen. I didn't have the cosign. Like I was not black, yeah. and it was a black person, so like that was just never gonna happen. And then also like there was no interracial dating. Like Long Island is like one of the most segregated places in the United States. Yeah. Like. I remember there was like one or two interracial situations once and like people's dads cut that shit so quick. Like the white dads, like wait, they, wait, 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 they wait, were wait, just wait. like, you you can't do this. Like you can't date. Like I remember there was a girl who was like, yeah, my dad said I can't date this guy. This is in middle school. Fuck. Yeah. So like, there, yeah, you knew that like white, I knew that like white men were or white boys at the school, that was never going to be a thing. I also wasn't attracted to them, but I knew that they would never see me as someone that they could date. Yeah. And then I also didn't have the cosign from the black community. So I was just like, just left in limbo. I was like an alien. I was just yeah. isolated. So I didn't, I didn't go to prom either. Yeah. Um, cause I really didn't like the people I went to high school with too. Yeah. So my, yeah, I, I was like, why should I have my parents pay money? for me to go to this thing with people I hate. So, <laughs> uh, and let me know if I'm, if I'm digging too deep when I ask the question, did you feel some type of way, like on prom night when everyone was out doing, when people were doing these things that uh, normal high schooling was supposed to do, having this fun and just exercising all this, did you feel some type of way? Were you, were you, were, you, were your feelings hurt? Did you feel alienated? Obviously you felt alienated, but you know, or, or were you like, man, fuck these motherfuckers. So when I graduate, fuck this school, I'm gone. So that's a really good question. I would say in middle school, I did feel it yeah. because, and I felt it not organically because I, I felt it because I knew that you were supposed to socialize. Like you were supposed to be friends with people. You were supposed to like want to go out with your friends after school and do these things. So I, for so long I was doing so like, I was like what they call masking, which is really common for women. Um, autistic men mask too, but autistic women mask way higher. Why is that? Um, because I think it's, you know why? It's because it's more socially, it's a gender norms, right? So it's like, if you have a man that is very blunt and honest and like, you know, has really rigid boundaries and like says and says how they feel and whatever, that's rewarded they're like oh man he's like a real ass guy like that and also like especially if they're like in a business setting like it's like oh this person is like you know they're highly successful they're powerful it's like always associated with like like honestly it's associated with like a ceo personality sometimes where it's like oh yeah Yeah, like he's a boss he's a boss yeah 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 when you're a woman that is super honest like i am and not obsessed with like 
being accepted and being liked by other people. I'm not driven by that. But when you are that kind of woman and you say things honestly and you're not afraid to like talk about things that women are supposed to not talk about, it's not received well. You're considered a bitch. Yeah, you're considered either cold, a bitch, too direct, um, not submissive or passive enough, right? Like, it's always viewed negatively. Yeah. So there's an incentive for women who are autistic to mask because you already learn, like, if you want to have friends, which society, I feel like, teaches women that friendships and, like, being liked and accepted is, like, top tier, right? Yeah. Um you have to conform to these norms. So you learn to like kind of fake it at times. So I feel like in middle school, I was actually sad because I knew that like, I knew like that was the role I was supposed to play and I was doing badly at it. And I was like, oh damn, like this is a bad thing that people don't like me. Or like if I said something very honest to a friend and they were no longer friends with me, I was like, okay, I fucked up another friendship. Here we go. Like, yeah. um, but then it got to the point for me, I feel like at the end of middle school where I was like, okay, this is just, too hard and i can't keep up with like the hierarchy of girls in high school so i stopped caring as much so then like in high school um i started mostly focusing on like how i'm gonna get out of log island i was like i need to get into nyu yeah so i was like in high school i was like laser focused and on top of that so i was like every ap class i was like overachieving you're just killing it yeah but I also had ADHD undiagnosed. So I would go to school relatively like not absorb anything because I had audio processing differences. So like when I hear, when I listen to things and like people teach me through audio, um, it does not absorb for me at all. Like it's really hard for me. But reading, I'm a really, and this is what they call hyperlexic because I used to, I was able to read before kindergarten. I was a bit, yeah, this is a, so one thing about autism is like, there's a lot of, they call it a spiky profile. Yeah. Like you'll be really fire at certain areas, but then like, I can't cook food. That's like, wild. I can't like organize myself enough to like not burn food, yeah. but I'm like <laughs> super powerful reader. So like I would go home and like read and teach myself the entire lesson. So like, I was like going to school twice basically, Wow. but I wanted high grades because like, Sad, you know, honestly, like grades were the only form of validation for me because I was like, I'm not cool. Like, I don't have a lot of friends and like I'm known for being smart. This is my whole personality. So you just use that as your superpower. Yeah. yeah. So it did take up a lot of time. And like, I didn't really feel like left out because I was like, OK, like I need to get into I want to go to NYU. And I was like, I need to get into NYU. So like in true autistic fashion, I like hyper focused on it. And that was my whole life. And my mom was concerned because she was like, I think you're going to throw yourself under a bus if you don't get this college. And she probably wasn't wrong. You know, like I was like, like I was like a shut in. I was just like reading. But you knew, you knew. I knew. If you applied yourself, you'd get it. You knew. And I had to go there because I was like, I feel like this school represents a world where maybe I could like meet people that I do connect with. I Something about the school's vibe. And it's like, you know, it's more progressive school too. It's in New York City. Yeah. I was like, I can't do white suburbs. I need to be in like a progressive environment. And I was like, this is my an- my answer out. I wanted, to, I wanted to go to NYU. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get accepted and shit. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, 
It's hard to get in. So you got in? I did get in, yeah. Okay, now was college a different experience for you? Yeah, college was a different experience. Um, it was positive socially because I did meet black people mm-hmm. that had also grown up in white neighborhoods and didn't hate me. I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like, yeah. they understood what it was like. Um, and even the black kids that did grow up in black neighborhoods, like, I think there was a camaraderie. It's like, you know, the, we weren't supposed to make it to these colleges, right? Yes. Like, we're still the minority. Yeah. So we did cling together. And I also uh, studied a double major in journalism and Africana studies. So I was around, like, nerdy black kids that were, like, really into, like, theory and all the things I'm into. 